everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. I have a friend and reoccurring guest. Actually, Shane, you're kind of like a host at this point, right? <laughs> on the Remnant Godcast. Thank you for being on, man. Thank you. It's great to be here. Maybe a, maybe a co-host, one out of every 20 episodes. I'm not sure. <laughs> that sounds about right. This is Pastor Shane Eidelman of the Westside Christian Fellowship, which is up there. Are you guys in, was it at Lancaster or is it in... Well, it's considered where the zip code's in Palmdale. Okay. Uh, so the city's Leona Valley. It's just west of Palmdale off the 14 freeway. Yeah, and, and that, by the way, is one of the most beautiful areas. If you've never been up there, I highly encourage you to visit this church because it's a powerful church, and uh, you'll hear the pastor again, uh, and, and you know his, his, his anointed, his uh, opinion matters to me and many other people because we know that he stands firm on the Word of God. So thank you again, Pastor Shane, for being on the show. Um, thank you. It's an interesting topic today, huh? It is. So, you know, there's a lot of uproar right now. Um, so first of all, uh, let's just kind of talk about the backstory. So Franklin Graham issued a statement uh, probably about two weeks ago where he uh, encouraged people in America to pray for President Trump. And uh, mainly Christians, of course, uh, but, you know, all people, all Americans, and to pray for President Trump, to pray against the warfare that the president has been, you know, having to endure literally since, you know, even before he was president, uh, ever since he put his hat in the ring, really, and continues to endure. I mean, I, I personally, I don't know about you, Pastor Shane, in my lifetime, I don't know that I've seen a president go through this. Have you? Oh, no, it's not even close. Nothing of this magnitude. I mean, imagine waking up every day and someone is against you. The, the news is against you. The media is against you. Hollywood's against you. Uh, so at, at this point, we just look back, and it, it, it's just that sovereign hand of God, you know, putting this all together. Of course, that doesn't mean endorsement of his lifestyle in the past and all these ridiculous claims that people make. But uh, we do see an attack unlike anything any other president went to. I, I would even... I mean, it's it's not even comparable. <laughs> I agree. I haven't seen anything like it. I know Ronald Reagan went through a lot, you know, other presidents in the past, but I, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, you know, but again, I'm, I'm only 42. I mean, maybe it happened in the past before I was alive, but I've studied history quite a bit. I know you have too, Pastor Shane. Uh, I think it's a pretty unprecedented situation. Well, it is because you'll see, I mean, like with Watergate, with Nixon and, and Reagan, like you said, and even Bush, you know, caught some, and of course Clinton and the way, you know, but there's certain things that will come up in the presidency, but this is an ongoing assault, it seems like, every single day, uh, from looking at your tax papers to Russia. The bottom line is they want it, they just want this man out of office. They hate him uh, because of what he's standing for. He's, I, don't, I don't know of any other president who has stood for freedom of religion uh, than any other president. Uh, granted, he's the only one that, would re that recently supported the LGBT uh, parade and uh, community or the LGBT month. And so there's, there's things we don't agree with and we do things differently. Right. Uh, but, if, you know, but right now I think we're talking about a whole different issue. That would take a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring that up, too, because, you know, people definitely reach out to me and they say, we know you're a strong supporter of the president, or at least you've been pretty outspoken. Uh, and, you know, they'll say, well, what about this? Or how do you feel about this? And, you know, that was something that I don't agree uh, 100% of the time, nor am I a spokesperson for President Trump. Uh, but what I think, to your point, Pastor Shane, is is that, you know, is somebody that's been standing for religious liberties and freedoms for decades, somebody that has really studied the law and, you know, see what Congress, what the Democrat Party stands for, what the platform says, blatantly says on their website, um, I think that's where, to me, it's really a no-brainer. And seeing, you know, I do look at President Trump, look, I have friends that have prayed with him, that have laid hands on him. 
I can't say that about another president. I mean, I have friends that regularly meet with him, um, that advise him. He has an advisory board. Now, all these things are positive, but I never said that President Trump is Pastor Trump. And I think that's where some people uh, kind of have high expectations. They want the president to be a pastor. Can you kind of weigh in on that, Pastor Shane? I mean, is it the same as going to your, your church on Sunday, uh, you know, supporting the president? Well, there's so much there. Let me let me try to sum it up. We have to remember a couple things. A lot of these people that are against Trump are, number one, they're not Christians. There's a lot of people in churches, a lot of people out there who are not Christians, bottom line. And then you also have Christians who draw the line on party, uh, uh, party preference. You know, my grandfather's been a Republican or Democrat, whatever, for 20 years, and uh, the Democrats for the, the, the black community or the working man, and, and so they, they, they can't break out of that mentality and just look at the issues for what they are. Um, but you're right, he's a, he's a commander-in-chief, not a pastor-in-chief, and also I think we forget um, that he is, you know, with the LGBT community, if we just touch on that briefly, yeah. the, same thing that, the same thing happens in my community. What is a Christian mayor supposed to do? Right. You know, they, they're, 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 he's the mayor of the Muslim and, the, yeah. the, and all different nationalities and, and religions and, and even ethnicities and uh, sexual preferences. Now, I guess it's one reason I probably couldn't run for office. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if that will ever happen. Yeah. But because it's, it's, you, you put on a different hat. Right. The pastor has qualifications. They lead the people according to the Word of God. The President of the United States is supposed to, supposed to administer justice and defend the nation. Right. Uh, that, that's mainly the responsibility to just read Romans 13. But you said something interesting, you know, and there'll people email me too, and they'll say something like, I know you're a big supporter of Trump. Well, I'm a supporter of any president that wants to leave our, 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 the, our Christian heritage with the, with the next generation. I would have been the biggest fan of President Barack Obama had he stood up for God's word, God's truth, and not put the White House in rainbow colors. Exactly. And not... And not uh, uh, legalize abortion and not uh, give uh, uh, subsidies and, and revenue and money to our ter to terrorists. Right. You know, and, and the and the um, immigration issue. We love immigrants. We're all a nation of immigrants, but there is a legal process on which we have to follow in order for for citizens to have the safety and security of the government, which God has ordained for that very reason. Mm. So it's just it's just the irony is uh, is. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I think of uh, getting your own house in order. You know, it's like uh, I read something when I was in Bible college. I remember it was a book called Wounded Healer. And I think one of the things I think it was from that book, but they said, you know, you got to make sure to fight for your own healing to make sure that your own house is in order before you can really help everybody else. Although you can do it <laughs> while you're in the process of getting healing, you can help others. But, you know, our nation, I mean, I just read uh, new statistics for homeless here in Los Angeles. I think it's something like 56,000 people. Uh, we have some unprecedented situations, typhus breaking out, uh, you know, bubonic Whoa. plague. I mean, crazy things, LAPD officers that have, have contracted this, uh, you know, just really, really scary things that are happening. And so, you know, all these things are connected, Pastor Shane. And so that's why I think we, we better get back to what we're talking about here, because there's so much to talk about, like you said. But th this yeah, let's do let's do part two, because this is this is actually what happens to a state, California or a nation that drifts from God. Yes, this is exactly what happens. Yes. And I think a lot of people want to hear that discussion too so we, we we started off talking about and again it all ties together uh, a pastor who prayed for on the day that franklin graham had designated for christians and and people of god to pray for president trump he called it a special day of prayer um 
Pastor Platt acknowledged uh, from the platform, and guess what? President Trump showed up as church. So David Platt, which has the McLean uh, Bible Church, uh, it's a it's a large congregation in Virginia, and apparently uh, the president showed up there, and he did take the pl- president on the platform and pray for him. So we're going to uh, play just a, an excerpt. I would highly encourage everybody to go and uh, listen to this because it's it's three minutes long. We're not going to play the whole clip, but just to kind of get a little bit of the atmosphere of what was going on. So here's President Trump being prayed for by Pastor Platt. Us to do what First Timothy chapter two says to do. Many of you may have seen that there was a call to to particularly on this Sunday pray for our president. We don't want to do that just on this Sunday. We want to do that continually day in and day out. So I want to ask us to bow our heads together now and pray for our president. Well, God, we praise you as the one universal king over all. You are our leader and our Lord, and we worship you. There is one God and one Savior, and It's you, and your name is Jesus, and we exalt you, Jesus. And we know we need your mercy. We need your grace. We need your help. We need your wisdom in our country. And so we stand right now on behalf of our president, and we pray for your grace. All right, so I'm going to cut it right there. Like I said, it goes on for several minutes. It's a great prayer, uh, by the way. I read the transcript of the prayer, Pastor Shane, and it it was an amazing prayer. I agreed with it. I think it was a wonderful prayer that uh, Pastor Platt prayed. Now, here's the interesting thing. The, it was like the next day or in the next two days or so, there was a large outcry backlash from the mainstream corporate media, from the uh, liberal side of, of the church world as well. Um, and apparently, you know, this pastor got a tremendous amount of, you know, quote unquote hate mail. Uh, a lot of people were upset with him for praying for the president. Now I've tried to find, I read his statement. I've read a couple of the articles. Uh, there's a lot of reporting on this. I think some of it is a little bit, uh, leaning or trying to push it into a direction that it wasn't really what he said. Uh, pastor Shane, I know you're really well versed on this situation. What is your take of the prayer and then the backlash that came after well, I think we need to kind of set the context. I did rewrite re, uh, an article today in op-ed, and Christian Headlines picked it up, Charisma News picked it up. The title is Pastor Platt, We Don't Need to Apologize for Praying. And I want to just kind of uh, maybe set it up a little bit first. Me and Todd, I, I hope I can speak for you, we're not out yes. to uh, get anyone at all, And because uh, people are saying, why even bring it up? What's the big deal? You know, leave this guy alone. And well, I'm actually, I like I like David. I've read his books and, and heard his sermons, and uh, there's no issues there. There's actually a bigger issue here. What I believe happened, you can read a statement on his church, or if you go to shaneidleman.com, uh, you can see some of the, uh, if you go to you, my YouTube page, some of the, the interaction going on there. But what happened is afterwards, he, it, 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 it seemed like an apology. Of course, he didn't come out and say, oh, I'm so sorry for praying, praying, Paying, uh, praying for the president, but what he did say is that uh, that people were obviously upset and they had valid reasons for being upset uh, because obviously they don't hold to that democratic or that they don't hold to the the, the Republican I guess position that Trump would would espouse. Um, 
so that's the bigger issue. We're seeing pastors of churches where this could be a great learning example and saying, no, we will pray for the president. Uh, uh, there's no valid reason why a person shouldn't pay for, pray for the president. So the big issue is, is uh, if you've got him there, you've got Andy Stanley in Georgia, you've got Lou Giglio and a lot of these other people uh, out there that they're very, they're, they're very worried now on how they're going to address these issues because you've got uh, major Republicans in their congregation. You have a lot of Democrats in their congregation. So pastors now, I believe, are finding, uh, you know, it, as, as all this comes out, and it's going to come out more and more, wait till you, two, 2020 gets here. Mm. Uh, you know, people are going to have to start speaking uh, what the truth is and what does God's Word say. And so you see this, I, I at least I read into it that David was trying to uh, not saying the word I apologize, but he's, he, he could see how people took it the wrong way. They had valid points. And so you see, okay, I want to appease the, the Republican, or I want to appease the president. He's here, but I also want to appease the Democrats or the independents. I, w- I want to try to appease everyone. Mm. Instead, of, instead of pastors just saying, yes, we prayed for the president, we're going to pray for the president. Our nation is going in a terrible direction, and the pulpits need to wake up. We need yes. to speak that's truth again with passion and boldness and clarity and, and stop trying to worry about who's why would that offend anyone right no it doesn't I make any agree. sense yeah i want to read a, a statement from franklin graham because as we said he was the one that called for the day of prayer for the president he said the pastor of the mega church who led his congregation in praying over president donald j trump sunday is catching flack uh he says from some of the members who uh, say they were hurt by this. He said, I can't imagine anyone being hurt by their church or their pastor praying for the president in obedience to God's word. Then he referenced the scripture in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, which instructs us, uh, you know, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made to all men for kings and for all in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in a godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior uh he further said pastor david platt also included prayers for other national and state leaders he said sadly we live in a day when there is nothing that isn't controversial even prayer so i want to just speak about that real quick so i'm just trying to think about this situation if president barack obama you mentioned him earlier were to stop in my church on a sunday Number one, I'd be impressed because I'd say, wow, that's, that's impressive to me that he actually came, came to the church. And, 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 and if he wanted prayer, I'd be even more blessed. I mean, I think, wow, this is, this, there's some fruit to this because that must mean that he reverences or at least appreciates prayer, uh, possibly even believes in it, I would think, if he's doing that. Uh, so all good things. And then me as a pastor, in accordance to that scripture that Reverend Graham just mentioned, I would absolutely feel it'd be an honor and a privilege to pray for him, and I wouldn't expect any Christian, Pastor Shane, to have a a bad feeling or being hurt by that. So that I think that's what got you and I really just, you know, almost dumbfounded here, right? Oh, for sure, and I think some would be surprised, obviously. Republicans would be a little surprised, maybe at first, like, why is he there? What's going on? What's the under you know, the undercurrent, and, right. but overall, yes, we're supposed to pray for our leaders, but I think that's a big issue, don't you, that people don't, aren't seeing, or at least they're not wanting to admit to, is we're trying to please two different political parties. Yes, yes. Just, just because, I, I guarantee the majority of the Democrats, Christian Democrats, in his, in his congregation, were upset and appalled to have Trump on his stage. That's Absolutely. what this is all about. So he's trying to do damage control. Right. Uh, and that, you know, people email me, oh, you shouldn't judge, you shouldn't say anything. Well, 
we're not we're not beating the guy up. We're rate, we're ironing and sharp iron sharpens iron, and we're saying pastors, pastors, enough is enough. We're not going to please the world. You're not going to please a uh, majority of your congregation who are lukewarm. Mm. You're not going to please both political parties. What does God's word say? It says to unabashedly and unashamedly pray for the president of the United States for our leaders and uh, to boldly speak. So I guess another question I have is, why are these members not getting offended month by month when he's preaching through the totality of God's Word on hard issues? Maybe he does. Maybe he preaches on abortion, repentance, and sin, and judgment. But that's a big drift. You know, the peril of mega churches today is political correctness. Mm. Uh, from Joel Osteen and, and Andy Stanley. And again, I don't name names to name, just name them to name them. I don't wake up excited about this. I actually don't like this type of, of interaction. And right. as far as, you know, bring it, it, I don't take delight in this, but there comes, when, when these people have public platforms and they're not going to say anything offensive, then they're motivational speakers. Mm. They're not pastors. Mm. They're not preachers. Good, Jesus yeah. said, I've, I've come to preach repentance. Ah. So why is repentance... Why is judgment? Why is the blood of Christ? If America truly wants to see revival, and that's that's our only hope. That, that we're, you know the 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 uh, this the depravity has gone on so long that our only hope is God awakening His people, awakening His nation, and it's going to come from the pulpits being aflamed with righteousness again, having a zeal for God, not arrogant, but spending time alone, broken with God, and then coming out of there filled with the Spirit of God, preaching yes. uh, these difficult truths. I mean, soft truths do not convert anybody. Mm. They'll make a sinner feel good in his sin, yeah. and you won't see any change. So that's really what this is about. I think D David did what he could. He was surprised the president was there. I commend him for that. He prayed for him. The prayer was great. My only encouragement would be, you don't have to backpedal and say that, you know, some of the, the people in the congregation who are offended had valid points. Uh, I don't think they did. I, there's no, you know, yeah, that's, that, that's going a little far, a, right? That's going a little far. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now let, let me ask you this though, because, uh, you know, I have a woman who I know, she's actually a radio host out in DC area. Um, and I won't mention her name, but she is pretty adamant against president Trump. She's a Christian broadcaster. And, uh, one of the things that I say to her pastor, Shana, they said, let me ask you a question because you know, I've been following her ministry for a while. I realized that under President Obama, I didn't really ever see her publicly speak out against him. I'll just be honest. I, I, I followed the ministry for a while. I haven't ever seen like a public rebuke or anything that was like a major statement. Now, when President Trump came into power, I've noticed several times that she has made public statements. And I always ask, like, how come now? You know, why is it now that you feel compelled with President Trump in office? And let me also ask you this. You're a person of influence, so by you saying, hey, you know what, I don't agree with President Trump, he's bad, or he's not the person that you know, we can endorse as a Christian, then what are you saying? Because the alternative is, to me, far more, like you mentioned, depraved, uh, pushing for you know uh, partial birth abortion, full-term abortion, uh, all kinds of anti-biblical things. Um, and so you know that is the direction that any pastor that publicly condemns the president and basically says, don't vote for him, well, what's the option? Uh, the other side is like promoting blatant socialism. And uh, what do you have to say about that, Pastor Shane? Boy, that might take a second to unpack. So <laughs> if, I go, if I go long, just let me know. Okay. But a couple things I've, I've noticed over, over the years. Um, I don't know these people, and I think there's, you know the word liberal, you mm -hmm. know, liberal theology, progressivism, progression, and really progressiveness, uh, or progressive.
progressing is not progressing, it's digressing, it's right. going away from God. Right. So I think a many, many of these people are liberal in their theology, uh, they don't take God's Word uh, as the inerrancy of Scripture, they don't look at the, the big picture, they, they, I think they, look, they just don't like Him, they don't like what He stands for, they don't like the Republican Party, uh, a lot of these people maybe are Democrats, um, and again, it's interesting if you look what the Democratic Party stood for, what the Republican Party stood for. Neither one of those, um, you know, they switched a lot. You know, what for the small businessman and corporate America. Now we're talking about moral issues. Right. Uh, these are huge moral issues with with in, in significant ramifications. So, um, I, you know, I've tried to better understand. I've talked to um, even Afri- African American friends and. Um, I think there's just, the, the fake news has done a wonderful job. I, I, I mean, when they say, oh, he's a racist. Like, no, he's not a racist. Oh, he hates women. No, he doesn't hate women. Mm. Or, um, he's, you know, he said he never needs forgiveness. Yes, that was many years ago. They caught him on an interview. Right. Or he cheated on his wife 12 years ago. Yes, he did. And how do you know he's not uh, walking closer to the God? How do you know he's not seeking godly counsel? How do you know... Well, how do you know? You look at the fruit. Look what he's doing for religious freedom. Look what he's doing for the abort, the unborn. Look at what he's doing for uh, all these different areas. The only area I would definitely uh, press in on a little bit more is the definition of marriage between a man and a woman, the sanctity of marriage. Uh, but maybe that's coming up later. I don't really know, but it all goes back to what you said earlier, that he, the, the role of government, the God was very clear that if you if you do evil, if you bear that sword and you do evil, then be afraid, because this is my administer of justice mm. to do it, to be a terror to those who do evil. Yes. So the whole point of government uh, is to is to protect and administer justice and to lead our nation in the right direction in regards to that. And then the church comes alongside. Look at who we have on his advisory council, Jim Garlow, mm. and I think uh, Jack Graham with PowerPoint, and uh, and Dr. Robert Jeffries, and right. you've got all these men and women, solid Christians around him. He's putting uh, uh, solid people in positions of leadership. He's he's looking at Supreme Court justices who will interpret the Constitution not based on liberal theology or what other nations say, but look at the intent of the founding fathers. What is the intent of the Constitution? Right. Uh, and and so you look at what they call strict a strict constitutionist and holding to that and and you look at what are we leaving for the next generation what are we leaving for our kids and our grandchildren and i think he's doing an incredible job yes he's got flaws uh yes he doesn't always have his tweets edited and and uh seasoning words with grace and stuff but i don't know i don't know if anyone else could could take us where we're going i mean if you get somebody who's passive and a doormat uh, you'd have China and Russia walking all over us, yeah. um, North Korea, and you know you, you, God raises up. He raises up um, uh, kings, and uh, many many kings were not necessarily godly, perfect uh, Yahweh followers. Right. Uh, that's why that's why he would bring along uh, a prophet for every Ahab. There's an Elisha for every. Hezekiah, there's a Jeremiah. For every Asa, there's a uh, uh, Isaiah. I mean, there's, I don't have that in exact order, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. For, God would raise up godly men to go along with these God, uh, these leaders he put in positions of leadership. So I think people, number one, they, a lot of people just don't like Republicans. So no matter who the president is, I'm convinced if Jesus Christ himself <laughs> ran for office, you'd still have people upset. Well, look what they did to uh, him, right? You know, yeah. Absolutely. So... Uh, and I think it's important for Christians to realize, especially as a pastor, we're not supposed to be a political movement, but we are supposed to be a spiritual influence. Yes. 
And how can this is what I, I just don't understand? When you see all these laws coming out, where especially in New York, where you could terminate a life. I mean, you heard, you held your baby a month and a half yes, ago, yes, right out of the womb. I held mine two months ago, right yeah. out of the womb, and a minute before that, you could murder that child. Mm. Yeah. Todd, we've got the blood of innocent children on our hands. This is this is a big deal. Oh, yeah. Pastors need to wake up, put on their big boy pants, and start and, and start spending time in the prayer closet, making sure they're going in the right direction. Because oh, we are talking about something God said. This has never even entered my mind to throw your children on the altar mm. of sacrifice. And mm. and this to me, this is a big deal. And oh. I think uh, I think there's just too many large churches, even smaller churches, where they're just so worried about nickels and noses that they've lost uh they've lost that zeal for the truth and here's what's sad uh, 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 uh sermons that come from dead pastors don't create life they create death yeah and yeah. i'm not i'm not saying that about david platt of course you right. know he, he's he's well versed in theology he's got more degrees than the thermometer but you can have 32 <laughs> degrees and still be cold that's true as uh leonard ravenhill would say you know so um, I'm just all for pastors getting back in the prayer closet, not being mean and judgmental and arrogant, and, and but being broken before God, humbled, and then and then you come out like that voice crying in the wilderness, mm. calling our nation back. Yes, I mean if you think about it, there's more churches now probably than ever before. There's mega churches. There's there's so much. Re- I mean resources beyond what anybody probably would have imagined at the turn of the century. You know, in the 1900s. I mean we have massive facilities, studios. Uh, you know, I mean just sending out missions. You know, missionaries all across the world i mean so many real you know jet planes i mean you know the, the christian community has every they just had a major award show in nashville i said wow that looks like a regular award show i mean it's beautiful and you know i can't even imagine how much that costs right but you know praise god that's awesome but you know the thing is we have these resources that the Lord has given us, and yet is the nation headed in the right direction right now? We, we mentioned some positive things, like the president standing for religious liberties and freedoms. We, we definitely see there's been a changing of the guard. There's some you know less opposition in the Christian community from the government. The IRS is no longer targeting uh, Christian organizations. I had an issue like that uh, under the Obama administration. I personally felt it. Um, but you know, I'll just say this is, is that, are we really leading the culture yet? And, and I would probably say that you would agree with me on this, Pastor Shane. We're not there yet. We're still not leading the way we're meant to be as the church, as the head and not the tail. And I think this is where, to your point, we have to start preaching the full gospel, the full Bible, you know, bold and unafraid. That doesn't mean we, we are, we're not fire and brimstone here. We don't have to hit everybody over the head with the Bible, but we do have to stand for the entirety of the Word of God in this hour and be the head, be the one that, that influences the culture by saying, this is the truth. This is what will set you free. We have the answers, and the answer is in Jesus Christ, and we're bold and unashamed. And I think that's where I would say, if there is an issue, and I have many friends that have churches that are you know considered mega churches they're they're true men of god i'm not against the mega churches but i would say one of the things i think we've lost in the last few decades in this movement where we've seen more mega churches is is that there is a seeker friendlyism culture and unfortunately that culture has dulled down some of the truth uh certain areas of the bible have not been preached and i think it's it's caused uh, and impacted our society in a negative and adverse way would you agree pastor Oh, absolutely, and I'm so glad you brought that up, because I don't want anyone to take away from this that we're against mega churches. I mean, God blesses the work, and it grows. Look at Chuck Smith here in California, yes. which he started John MacArthur, Jack Hayford, you know, Pastor yep. Jack Hibbs, Jim Garlow. I mean, yep. the list is long, even in California, people. Yep. Uh, but that, that's, that's what's happening, because 
as you get bigger, if the pastor's not careful and he doesn't guard those morning hours, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones talked about this in his book on preachers and preaching, that you have to safeguard your mornings, you have to safeguard your time with God, you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God, and, and I've seen many pastors get so busy that they lose that, and then they start to get their services down to an hour because people are bored. Well, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, let me tell you, your church service is not going to be boring. Mm, <laughs> your worship's right. not going to be boring, your messages aren't going to be boring, yeah. you come with the Spirit of expectation. So, yeah. you know, they've got, they've got their, and you see these pastors coming in on horses or Harley Davidsons or riding in Lamborghinis to make a sermon illustration <laughs> or, or swinging from the chandeliers <laughs> like, like, like Indiana Jones on a Father's Day message. It's we're, we're all, the, all these games and gimmicks because the spirit of the living God is, is missing in many mm. places. So mm. even small churches, many, I mean, we're, we would be considered a large church. Mega church is where you get to, you know, I think 2,000 or so. Yeah. Um, we, we, we're not a mega church in attendance, we're a mega church in audience. We've got a huge audience out mm. there. And I do know it gets challenging because you get all these, oh man, you know, these emails or text messages or uh, that people are offended. I just actually had somebody walk out Sunday mm. uh, because I talked about um, uh, these issues right. uh, boldly, boldly, and she did not like it whatsoever. And mm. it does hurt. You know, you want to help people, you want to please people, but you right. cannot both, you cannot please both God and man. Yes. There has to Come a point where, and the more a person is filled with God's spirit, the less they're gonna, they're gonna uh, please man. Now I feel for David. I think he's caught off guard. I think he's doing the best with what he can. Uh, he's mainly called to to missions and evangelism. That's mm. his gifting. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't expect him to see rallying for Trump in 2020. <laughs> but let's 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 not dismiss those who are called to the political arena. Myself, right. possibly some yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Garlow, Tony Perkins, yeah. James Dobson, the list is long. Jay Seculo, yeah. the late D. James Kennedy. Yeah. You know, let's let's let instead of sh brother shooting brother, let's come alongside. And some of these pastors, I think, need to stop being quiet and saying, "Hey, you need to get out and vote in 2020. You need yeah. to vote your values." And if we had time, what's the statistics? Half of registered voters, Christian voters, don't even vote. Mm. Talking millions and millions and millions of people. That's crazy, man. Uh, and and God has given us this gift. Make no mistake, listener. Yeah. This gift, known as America, is a gift from God. Read the founding fathers. Read the Mayflower Compact. Pack. Listen to the the Supreme Court justices. First first Supreme Court justice John Jay acknowledged Jesus Christ in His will and the Constitution. Did you know you couldn't run for office mm -hmm. in the first in the first thirteen states? You couldn't run for office unless you profess a belief in God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. That's right. You can't even run for office. The public schools uh, were taught to teach kids the Word of God. Yep. Uh, Webster's Dictionary, before it was offensive, it had biblical references and scriptures referenced. In the 1828 edition of Webster's Dictionary, yep. oh, how far have we drifted? So it's mm. not that Christians are trying to push their agenda. What we're actually trying to do in America is hold the ground and say, no, yes. no more, not on yes. my watch. This, this is enough. You've pushed God's patience uh, to the limit here. Yes, and, and you know, we're, we're launching a church in Chatsworth this weekend called Remnant LA, and we plan on standing for these same values that you guys are standing for up there, Pastor Shane, and I just so appreciate, man. I mean, every time we have you on, it's just we could just keep going and going, man, because this is some good, good stuff. Uh, but tell us again how uh, we can find you online, find your church, and uh, more of some of the things that you're doing, Pastor. Well, probably the best thing is ShaneEidelman.com. 
I-D-L-E-M-A-N, or westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org. And as you know, in February, we just purchased four radio stations yes. uh, out here out here in North uh, North Los Angeles County, up into Kern County, Inyo Kern County. Yep. And that's real easy to find. It's, it's WCF. WCF Radio. Yeah, there's an app. You guys got an app, too. We've got Alistair Begg and Tony Evans and Greg Laurie and my favorite, one of my favorites, Adrian Rogers. Mm. Uh, the late Adrian Rogers. Love his sermons. Just yep. a man. Talk about a man filled with God's spirit. And and he was political. He needed to be political. Yeah. Uh, so that those are the three best spots. And my encouragement is, you know, hear my heart and your heart, Todd, the listeners. Yes. We're not trying to throw people under the bus. Not at all. Uh, but there, there comes a time when we need to say, hey, we need to wake up and uh, how do you wake up? Sometimes you get a little slap in the face to wake up. I mean, Lord knows I've, he's used constructive criticism yeah, in my life yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, to get me to, to change course, and uh, it's a good thing yeah, if we take it. You mentioned we got to hold the line, and listen, if I ever get out of line, I know you're going to be calling me and calling me out, brother, and I appreciate that because that's what I need. And uh, I think that we all can live that way, is just wanting that accountability and stand firm to the Word of God. God's going to do something powerful as we continue to do this. I believe it. And we are starting to see some fruit from this. And, and God is moving in our nation. And so let's continue to be praying. Let's pray for our president. Pray for Pastor Shane Eidelman up there at Westside Christian Fellowship, doing the work of God. We thank you for being on the show, Pastor. Thank you, Todd. I pray you have a great week and uh, excited about the launch of your church on Sunday. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Shane. Another great interview, and we will be back with more of the Remnant Podcast.